0: Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. It's summer 2018, and I'm recording this from just outside London in the UK, and we're in the middle of a heat wave. It's crazy. I've been here for almost a decade, and I can't remember any summer where there was just day after day after day of bright sunshine, blue skies, and actually hot summer weather. You know, usually we get a day or two here or there. This has been like we're going into the second week of just mid to high 80s, and just bright, gorgeous sunshine. And it is just amazing. Okay, a lot of the British people are totally melting and starting to complain about it. But I am like, I'm like a lizard. I just need to like lay on a rock in the sun and soak it all in. So for me, it's really, really, really good. And making this transition back from Hong Kong that I did a couple months ago, a lot easier. So I'm hoping to really top up my vitamin D levels here before the English autumn and winter sets in and the days get super short, which will happen In the blink of an eye, I'm sure. So I'm really trying to spend as much time outside as possible. There's so much to forage, so many plants. They're going absolutely crazy with the heat and the sunshine. I've been picking lots of plantain, which is a plant that grows everywhere people walk. I'm sure you've seen it. You can Google ribwort plantain and take a look at it. That's really anti-inflammatory and soothing for your skin. So I like to turn it into a balm to put on the skin, which is really nice. I missed the nettles because I was in the States, but I'm getting some nettle seeds. The nettles are just absolutely covered with seeds. So I've been picking off some of those and drying them because I've heard you can like sprinkle them into your food, which I'm going to start experimenting with those. And also the yarrow's up now, which is awesome. So yarrow, I really like to use in cold and flu teas in the winter. And also on the little bit more woo-woo side, yarrow is supposed to be really good for psychic protection and just protection in general. So I'm going to play around with some remedies doing that. But what's so funny is actually usually when it's so hot and sunny I just give myself permission to stop working and go sit outside because sorry but it happens so rarely here I just need to get outside and enjoy it but because this heat and sun has been going on now for well over a week it's kind of becoming normal I still love it but I'm you know not feeling like I need to sit out in it every day and actually this weekend All I wanted to do was play with my website. I don't know about you. Like, I guess I'm lucky because I do love technology. I know a lot of you listening hate spending time on the computer, but I actually really love technology. And I used to absolutely adore just playing with my website. Like, I remember when I still had my corporate job, when I was just starting the website that was called Vintage Savoir Faire back then, which was my natural health and beauty site. It was just play. It was so much fun to. Take photos and tweak the website. And okay, this is like a huge time waster, right? Major time suck. And in retrospect, I should have been spending time probably selling stuff more than playing with my website. But anyway, it was really fun. And I've noticed that, you know, in the past few years, as I've shifted to be a lot more professional about my business, as you do as it grows, it got less fun, the playing with the website. Like it didn't really feel like mine to play with. It's just been really interesting that. I just had this sudden surge. Like, I just want to play with my website. So the website I was playing with is my personal brand site. So that's not the Wellpreneur site. It's my other website, which is amandacook.me. And I've just suddenly been so inspired to start writing about plants and ancestors and genealogy and travel and this like ancestral wisdom, right? It's like this huge flood of creativity going through me. And all I wanted to do this weekend was sit inside, even though it was gorgeous out, and play with my website. So I did. I did get outside. Don't worry. I did get out a couple hours each day. But most of the time, I just set up a new shop page. I tweaked my blog sidebar. I went back and expanded some old posts. I deleted some posts that didn't make sense anymore. This is a great thing about owning your own blog and website. It's that the stuff you wrote in the beginning. You don't have to keep it there. You can just delete it. It's fine. So I just really had fun, like loving up that site, and oh, and I also played with some SEO, which I talked about in the Facebook community, the Wellpruner community group on Facebook. I chatted a bit about what I was doing for SEO. So I just want to say, you know, it's okay to let yourself do what feels fun. Obviously, that's so obvious, right? But. I could have said, oh, well, it's not really worth my time playing with this website. Like I should make a product or I should, I should, I should, I should, I should do something else. But actually, that's what I wanted to do. And I think that when you really feel a surge of creativity or a deep desire to do something, you're bringing like this fresh energy to it and you're loving it up. And I think that starts to reflect through. I don't know how that works, but you kind of people can sense it right? When you're really into something. So give yourself permission this summer to play with your business, play with your website, um, love it up a little bit, you know, do the part that's fun, not just the part that you feel like you should do. And make sure you get out and enjoy some of the nice weather and the long days that we're having as well, because you don't want to find that come the middle of the dark winter that you've kind of missed your opportunity to get out and enjoy nature too. But I'd love it if you're interested at all in this idea of reconnecting with our ancestral places and the sense of place and the local ingredients and the plants and, I don't know, the rituals, all that stuff. I'm, I'm still working on how this is exactly going to shape up, but I'd love it. You can come out over and hang out with me over at amandacook.me. Now, for this week's episode, I thought I'd switch it up a little bit and do something I haven't done in a really long time, which is answer some of your questions. So we have this really simple but cool thing set up in our autoresponder. So when you sign up for an email list, we have several ways that you can sign up, like through the blog challenge, the five-day blog challenge, that's a popular one, or just for the free chapter of my book, the Wellprinter book, for example, or there's a few others. When you sign up for those, in the first email that you get from us, which is sent automatically, it asks a question. And it usually asks, is a bit different depending on which one it is, but it asks a question like, what's your biggest frustration? Or what's the thing you're working on in your business? Or what question, what problem would you like to have help with right now? Now, this is awesome because I get some idea about what you guys are actually interested in. What are you struggling with right now? What kind of topics do you want to be hearing about? So we track all of these. And once in a while, then we'll go back through them and see, well, what kind of new content do we need to create or what topics do we need to cover? So I thought today, let me just pull out a few of these questions that jumped out at me. I'm just, you know, very few that I can go through in this podcast and I'll answer them on the air. So I'll give you my thoughts and I'll also give you some resources that you can listen to or read to learn more about that specific topic. Because honestly, we're into the hundreds of episodes now. So I know some of you are like so dedicated super fans, and you've gone back to number one, and you've listened all the way through, which is amazing. But lots of people haven't done that yet, which oh my gosh, if you do that, you will learn so much and also get to see the evolution of my interviewing skills and just of the business in general. But I'm going to call out specific episodes that you can dive into to learn more about these particular topics too. Okay, let's get going. Okay, so our first question is from somebody that just signed their name as C. So C says, my biggest frustration is that people want tons of recipes and ideas from me, but all for free. I love sharing information, but I'm also trying to make a living and I always feel bad when I have to put those two things together. Okay, so I would just like to say that you don't have to put those two things together. Like, let's just put it out there that if you want to just share tons of recipes and ideas for free, you do it. Like, you can just do that. Nobody said you have to make wellness and health and wellness a business? Absolutely not. And sometimes it's actually more fun to keep something as a hobby and a passion and not try to monetize it. Because when you monetize it, it becomes a bit more serious. It becomes a business and you have to do work at it, right? And you have to show up and be more professional and do it regularly. Whereas it's perfectly fine to keep a passion and even start a website, start a podcast, talk about it just as a hobby, That's cool. So if you really don't like the idea of trying to ask people to buy things from you, then just keep it as a hobby and do something else to make money. Have a job. So now you may have a really strong reaction to when I say that. I know I would have, because when I was starting out, I was just so determined that I was gonna make this work. So I didn't like the idea that maybe I should just give up and go back and get a job. But that is completely legitimate. Okay. So I just want to say that is that if you're really uncomfortable with it and you want to just keep it as something fun on the side. That's totally cool. But if you decide, you know what? I really want to make a living out of health and wellness. I want this to be a business. Then it has to make money or it's not a business. So, if you want it to be a business, you need to decide that you are going to get over that. That you are going to work on that so that you can clear those limiting beliefs around the fact that you don't like you've, you what did you say that you always feel bad so you say, I love sharing information, but I'm also trying to make a living and I feel bad when I have to put those two things together. So C, you need to decide if this is really going to be a business, then you need to set yourself a challenge and a goal and clear intention that you are going to shift your beliefs around sales. So there's a couple of ways that I really like to do this. Actually, I've got a few resources for you. I personally really like to clear limiting beliefs with tapping EFT. It's called the emotional freedom technique. And I work with a practitioner. I have been working with Claire Hayes, who I had on the podcast in episode 42. Claire's website is clairephayes.com. And again, that's episode 42. We talk all about tapping and take you through that. But that's a good way if you identify those beliefs around feeling really uncomfortable around sales and asking people for money, you can actually do this very simple tapping technique yourself and start to shift those beliefs. It's also worth having a listen to episode 118, where we talk to Matthew Kimberly about selling. That episode is awesome, and we talk all about the resistance that people have to selling and how to start to get over that. Another resource that I really like for this is the book by Denise Duffield Thomas, and she wrote a book called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. And that's really good around shifting your mindset around money and sales and valuing yourself. So this is one of those things that you just got to make a decision about which way are you going to go? Is this going to be a hobby or is it going to be a business? And the thing about business is that it is going to push all your buttons, really, as you're growing into it. Like if you have any limiting beliefs or things you're insecure about, like it's going to come up. It's such a good self-development exercise, right? It's just going to find all your buttons and push them. So you have to just have the the open mindset that, you know, this stuff's going to come up. Like once you get through this about starting to value yourself and asking for money, and once you're cool with that, something else is going to come up that you're going to have to overcome. That's just how it is. It just never seems to go away. It's just kind of, uh, what do they say? new level, same devil, something like that. Like it just comes up over and over again. So you just need to cultivate that mindset of, yes, I'm committed to making this a business and doing what I need to do, learning what I need to know as a business owner to be able to overcome this and get to where I want to go you absolutely can do it. You just need to make a decision. And don't do it alone. You know, Start to reach out to people and learn from others. That is a very common concern about not liking to sell and people just wanting free, feeling like everyone just wants free stuff. So you are not alone in that. You just need to reach out to those resources that are available. Okay, next question. This one's from Jenny. And she says, I'm in the initial phases of starting a wellness business. And I think my biggest concern is figuring out how to stand out from the thousands or millions of wellness blogs out there. Yeah, tell me about it because starting a business today online is so much different than five years ago, or even probably two years ago, because so many more people are online. And especially the wellness industry has just absolutely exploded, right? We all know that. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Now, here's My take on your question. So, you're saying my biggest concern is how do I stand out from the thousands or millions of wellness blogs out there? By even asking that question, you're basically talking, you're expressing how you are looking at all these other millions of wellness blogs out there and comparing yourself against them, right? Now, this is totally natural. We all do this, but you really need to be careful. In my experience, I found I have to really monitor how much exposure I have to what other people are doing. So if you're following all the other wellness bloggers on Instagram, following all their blogs, subscribe to all their email newsletters, that could be okay for a little while. Maybe when you're just trying to wrap your head around like, how do people run an online business? But pretty quickly, I would suggest you just need to unsubscribe from all of that. You've got to put your blinders on a bit and just ignore what everybody else is doing. The thing is, all you can do is be you, right? You be you. So if you try to come up with some clever way to be different than everybody else, that's likely not going to be authentic and you're not going to be able to stick with it. And people are going to sense it because it's going to feel fake. So what you need to do is really stay in your own lane and be you 100%. So something that I see a lot is people try to really tone it down, do what they think is appropriate. They kind of shift around what they're doing based on what else they're seeing on Instagram. And then you end up with all these people that like, do you know that Instagram look? It really, actually, I love Instagram, but it really turns me off that you just get like these legions of women all looking the same. Like it used to be like with the green smoothie thing. Everyone's posting pictures of green smoothies. How boring, right? And now I feel like there's a lot of, I was looking at a lot of Instagram travel bloggers or travel Instagrammers when we did our crazy trip from Hong Kong to London. And they, so many of them, I just get frustrated and unsubscribe because they all look the same, right? It's all like some skinny, gorgeous girl with her back to us sitting in a pool. And like, she must have a photographer with her, her photographer boyfriend, because it's like, obviously, she's not taking it because you see her in the picture. And it's just like, I don't know, for me, it really, really turns me off. So Jenny... First, you need to put on some blinders. And I don't mean be ignorant about what's happening. I don't mean don't be aware of the new technology and the new trends and everything. Like, Yes, you want to still be active on these platforms, but don't necessarily follow all your competition and fully go into yourself. So however you are, you just be you to like 110% through your business. And what's going to happen is how many health coaches are there? Gazillions of health coaches, right? And how many people are working with moms on how to have more energy and get better sleep. Tons, thousands. But the thing is, like whatever niche market you go into, there's lots of other people doing it. But that's okay because your clients are going to resonate with you. And it's by you putting yourself into your business and into your social media and into your writing, that's how you're going to stand out. And you're not going to stand out to everyone I mean, maybe, like maybe you'll become like this super famous person on social media and on the internet. That could happen. But for most people out there, you're not going to become, you don't need to become Oprah in order to make a huge impact. You don't need to become Oprah in order to make a really good living with your business. So you're going to stand out to those people that really resonate with you and your message and your personality. So put on the blinders a little bit and don't worry so much about what everybody else is doing. Now, if you want to learn a little bit more about this, I talked a lot more about the idea of target market and really niching down into one specific area in episode 171. That's called target market myths. So that's definitely worth checking out if you're interested in niching down at all, which pretty much everybody can use a little refresh on niching down and making sure that what they do is really concrete and clear. The other episode you might enjoy listening to is episode 109. Actually, there's it's kind of a two-parter. 108 and 109, which is a wellness career chat. And there were three of us, and we were chatting about in episode 109 about really being visible in your business, how to get seen, how to stand out. So I think you might enjoy that conversation as well. But Jenny, have fun with it, right? You be you, be you, and put yourself out there, and just go for it. And the right people will find you and be attracted to you. And just trust that 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 approach works. And just trust that the right people are going to find you. Okay, next question. This one's from Amy. Amy says, I'm just starting out as a health coach and my biggest frustration is how to get that initial traction online. I understand social media marketing, I think, creating consistent and great content, guest posting, etc. But what I don't understand is how to get my initial audience. Once I have my free offer, how do I let people know I'm even here when I have zero people on my email list? Oh my gosh, Amy, you are not alone in this question nobody is born with an email list. So everyone, even the most famous online people started at zero and slowly built their lists over time. Sometimes you get a big surge of people signing up. Other times it's just kind of drip, 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 slow and steady. But I get that in the very beginning, it feels impossible, right? Because you just got no one. So luckily we've covered this in a couple of places and I'll also address it here. But in episode 106, I interviewed Nathan Barry, who is the Founder of ConvertKit. And during that episode 106, he lays out exactly the plan for somebody going from zero to an email list. Like, how do you get those first subscribers? That's what that entire episode is about. So, episode 106 with Nathan Berry. Also, on that note, you really need to make sure that you're building with an email tool, not just emailing people privately, right? Because you want to start to put together an official email list. So, the tool that I use and recommend is ConvertKit. They're going through a name change, but for the sakes of this, I'll just call it ConvertKit. And you can get 30 days free if you'd like to try that. Um, and my affiliate link for that is wellpreneuronline.com slash ckbonus. And that'll get you 30 days free if you want to give ConvertKit a try. So I really recommend you listen to episode 106. But just as like a quick overview, you've just got to start with what you have. So for everybody starting from zero, you've got to start by emailing your friends and your family and asking them to share it with their friends, and also posting on your personal social media profiles. So what I would recommend is you put together your opt-in gift. So you've got a juicy free offer, which is something they can download, something they have to sign up for. And then you want to send emails. Now this first email, if you know the people personally, you can just send it from one time from your personal email account. But what I want you to do is actually put the link where they sign up for your official Freebie. And so they'll get on your official email list because you should definitely not email people from like a personal Gmail account, right? That's just not okay. But if you know these people personally for the first time, you just email them, tell them what you're up to, and, you know, make it personal. Be excited about it. Like, this is this new thing that you're working on. You've put together this freebie. You think it might be relevant for them because, and here's the link where they can sign up. And you'd really appreciate if they could share it, like, forward it to a couple friends that they also think might be interested right? And so you do that with all your friends and family. And you'll find like people find like their mom will share it with her coworkers, or they'll have their sister or their cousin that shares it with people. And you should also post it the link again, you want to post the link to your freebie on your personal social media profiles. And in your post actually say, please share, I'm starting this new business. And I really would like your support. So please, can you share this and you'll get a few people sharing it so you'll get a few people, a handful of people on your email list, and you just need to love them up. So it doesn't matter how small it is. Like you don't just don't obsess about the number. What you need to do is make sure that the people on your email list are like totally loved up and really taken care of, that you're giving them good content regularly and that you just and that you're asking them to share regularly throughout your email newsletters and things. And that's how it starts. So you might only get 10 people signed up at first, but that's okay. The problem is when you have the mindset like, oh, 10 people, that sucks, then you never want to email your list or you're kind of embarrassed about it or you slack off and you don't take it too professionally. Your list is never going to grow if you don't really put energy into it. You have to remember that each one of those names is a real person that actually volunteered to hear from you. So you really need to shift that mindset around to just love up those people and just let it start to grow. And again, don't forget to listen to episode 106 with Nathan Barry. Okay, moving on to this next question from Jessica. She said, my number one frustration is getting followers. The second biggest frustration is monetizing the few followers that I have. So I'm gonna say some of the same advice, which is you've gotta love up the people that you have. The way that's written, you're kind of saying, I'm frustrated, I'm not getting enough followers, and then they're not making me enough money. What if you could switch it around so that you really remind yourself, again, that each one of those people is somebody that raised their hand and volunteered to hear from you and reach out to them and really try to get to know them. Who are those people? Ask them questions in their email. Set up a whole bunch of free 15-minute calls with those people so that you can get on and chat with them. What are they frustrated with? What questions do they have about your topic? Like, where do they need help? Doing that real type of interaction and engagement, which could also be called market research. That is what's going to tell you what they want to buy. So it's going to direct everything about your business. It's going to tell you what kind of content you need to create because you'll know what questions they have. You're going to know what kind of products they want to buy, what kind of topics those should be about. It's really, really important. So again, you want to make sure that your mindset is one of like, wow, I've got these people, no matter how few they are, if it's 10 people, 30 people, 500 people, even people that have thousands, I've heard other online business owners complaining they don't have a big enough list. So it's kind of like money. It never feels like it's enough, right? Your list is never big enough. You never have enough web traffic. So we can't necessarily control that instantly. But what we can do is love up who we have. So this whole approach to really engaging with your people, talking to them, doing these market research interviews, I go over this in detail in my book, Wellpreneur. Which is available on Amazon and it's available as an ebook or a print copy. And I go through how to do those market research calls, what exactly to ask on the calls, what do you do with that information after you get it? I really recommend having a read of the book to learn more about that. But at the most basic, just reach out to the actual people on your list and start to chat with them, and you'll quickly figure out what it is that they want to buy and what help they need from you. And that's how you're going to be able to monetize them. I learned this the hard way, but like sitting in your office and racking your brain about, oh man, what can I sell these people? Why is nobody buying? Like that is not getting you any closer to having a product that people want to buy. Talking to people and actually finding out what problems they have and what they want to buy, that's how you're going to find a successful product. Okay, next up, question from Erin. My biggest frustration is time management. I have limited time to devote to blogging and I haven't carved out the time I need to get really developing my own business. I do have six-week-old twins and a three-year-old. Oh my goodness. So Aaron sounds a bit busy, but I know I could still make good progress, even just carving out one hour a day right now and then adding a little more time as I'm able. Oh my goodness, Aaron, you are awesome. Six-week-old twins and a three-year-old and you're working on your business. So first of all, I'm going to say something that is a little unconventional, which is you don't have to be building your business all the time. And this is something that I also learned really the hard way: is that life goes in cycles. And I don't know about you, you sound like you're a really motivated, driven person, Erin, and that's exactly how I am. And my default mode is like push, push, push. I'm going to make my agenda happen on the time frame that I want it to happen. And you know what? Things don't always happen in the time frame you want them to happen, <laughs> right? You probably learned this in life. It is really frustrating for people like me, who want it to, ha- like, I want to have control. I want to make it happen. And so what I'd like to say is, and I don't know, that's all I know about you. So I don't know what the other circumstances are. I don't know anything else, right? But I'm just saying there's waves in life, there's cycles, there's ebbs and flows. And at all times, it isn't always the time that you need to be pushing flat out on your business. Sometimes maybe you could just stop and hang out with your family for, give yourself a time frame. you know, three months, You're just not going to worry about it until they're a bit older or six months or a year or whatever it is, or the summer, you know, it's different for everybody. But like when I've had some health problems, I finally had to just give in and say, you know what? I'm not going to work for a couple months because it just, it wasn't effective. Me trying to push my way through what my body and what kind of the universe was telling me that this was not the moment to be building my business. Now, that being said, I'm going to give the total opposite advice, which is no matter what you have going on in your life, if you want to make time for your business or if you want to make time for anything, you can. It's a question of priorities. So I want to present both sides of the coin and see what really is resonating with you. You don't need to push through everything. Sometimes it's time to just take a little break and give yourself a time limit. I find that's helpful. And just take your foot off the gas for a little while. But also, if you are serious, if you're like, you know what, it really feels like even though I've got all these family commitments, this is the time I'm going to work on my business, then you can totally make it happen. And I really like your approach that you're saying, I can start with one hour a day right now and then do more as you're able. That is completely right. So I think what I see happen to a lot of people is that they want like an entire day to work on their business or they want like this huge chunk of time in order to really work on their business. And that's not always realistic. So the first advice I'd give is find blocks of time in your calendar where you can realistically work on your business. And I want you to schedule them in. So actually have a calendar with your daily schedule for the seven days of the week and find where those blocks of time are that you can work. So when I had a corporate job, I had a really long commute on a train. And so I would work on the train on the way into the office in the morning and sometimes on the train on the way home at night, but I was usually too tired. So I tend to work on the train in the morning and then I'd work on the weekends on my business and sometimes during my lunch hour if I could actually get out of the office. Maybe you'll be able to carve out time to work during nap time or maybe you can find another mom that you guys can swap so that you can watch her kids while she has a couple hours to work, while she watches your kids, while you have a couple hours to work. It's really different for everybody, but the first step is to take a clear look at your schedule and actually block in what your work time is going to be. Then the second step is that you need to figure out what are those tasks that are going to make the biggest impact in that time. So I go over this in chapter 11 of my book, which is how actually to get, like how really to make it happen with your marketing and your online business. That's in chapter 11. But you want to look at those tasks that are one-time tasks, like special projects. So maybe you're creating a signature program, for example, that might be a task you do one time versus the stuff that you have to do every week. So you might have to do some content, like write a blog, publish a blog, send a newsletter, do your accounting, like there's stuff that happens over and over. So it's good to make a list of those tasks one time and recurring and take a look at them and be like, which of these really makes the biggest impact to move the needle forward in my business? And then schedule in exactly when you're going to do that. I found if you're not specific about when you're going to work and what you're going to do, it's just too easy to sit down either to not make that time or when you do sit down to do that work, then you just get lost in your email or updating Facebook Right? who's gotten lost updating Facebook and you end up scrolling around or you get overwhelmed by all the ideas of what you could do. So I think, Erin, make a time to create your plan. So when's the time you're going to work and what are you actually going to do during that time? And then you can make it happen. But if you decide that you want to give yourself some time off, that is okay. I give you permission to take time off for a few months or however long you need if that's what feels right to you. Sometimes we all need to give ourselves permission to do that. I know it is like really hard to do. I struggle with that as well. So I feel you, you guys. Okay, let's see. Second to last. This one's from Victoria. I lost my day job in January and have been too overwhelmed to get my health coaching biz off the ground. Between job search, health issues, hospital trip, family stuff, financial worries, I've been too stressed to even design my signature program. And yet recently, I signed a client without having a Facebook group or a website ready. It doesn't appear I'm going to find an office job, so I'm ready to go all in on the health coaching. So, Victoria, you say you've been too overwhelmed to get your business off the ground, but then you also say you signed a client. Woohoo! So, honestly, to me, you are already getting your health coaching business off the ground. Like, you are already doing it. You have a client. Like, that's amazing. So, it's so easy to beat ourselves up and just feel like we're never doing enough because we don't have this ideal of a business that we want. You know, We don't have our full data dedicated to it. Maybe we still have our day job. We're not making X amount of money. We don't have a fully booked schedule. All these little hurdles that we put in the way or these little progress markers that we invent that somehow are going to dictate when we have a real business or not. But Victoria, if you've just signed a client, you have a business. You are building your business. And what I love is that you didn't have a website or a Facebook group. That's fantastic. And I want everybody out there listening to take note of that is that you don't necessarily need a website or a Facebook group or anything that people say in order to get started. What you need to do is reach out to people, right? And be talking to your friends and family and talking about what you do. And so that they can refer people to you and maybe going to some networking events or giving a talk. It doesn't all hinge on having a website. So, Victoria, first, I want you to just appreciate whatever you've been able to create now and really appreciate and love up that client that you have. And then I want you to take a look at, because you said you're feeling really overwhelmed. So I would do the same exercise where I would figure out your schedule of when are you going to work? Because like you said, if you're not employed at the moment, then what can easily happen is that you can end up Quote, working all the time, which means you're always sitting in front of your computer, but not actually being that productive. This happens to a lot of people when they first transition out of their day job into self employment. They just end up sitting in front of their computer all day and not really getting that much done. So I want you to take a look at really carving out specific blocks of time that you're going to work and then doing that same exercise where you go through okay, so you want to get your health coaching biz off the ground, do a big brain dump of everything you need to do for your business. Now I talked about this way back in the early days of the podcast in episode 67. I talked about overwhelm and the beauty of Evernote. And I talked about the idea of feeling overwhelmed in your business. And then also how I use Evernote to kind of capture and organize all of these ideas. So I think that episode will be helpful to you. Also, if you search Um, within the Wellpreneur podcast for business planning. I've had a couple different episodes on planning your business at the start of the year. Doesn't matter if it's the start of the year, you can plan your business now. So what I would really do, Victoria, is carve out that time that you're going to work and then do a big brain dump of everything you feel like you need to do in your business. And then I want you to start to prioritize, which you could do through doing a plan using that business planning approach that's covered in those podcasts, or just by going through each of, you know, stepping away from your list and then coming back to it and saying, okay, of these items, which are the ones that are going to make the biggest impact in moving my business forward? And I would say you didn't say how you got this first client, but obviously, however you did that, that worked for you. So do that again. Another thing I see people do a lot is they feel like, well, they have to have like this client funnel in order to have a real business, or they have to be getting clients through their website in order to have like the real online business that they want. It doesn't matter. Like if you can get a client, just get the client. You know, it is, it's a client for your business. Like you don't need to put all these weird criteria in place about when it counts, right? So just enjoy what's working for you and enjoy that client. And give yourself the space that you need to take care of the other stuff in your life without feeling guilty about it. So if you carve out that time for work, specific times for work, then that will also free you up so that you have time to deal with a lot of these other things that are going on that sound um, quite demanding as well. So good luck, Victoria. Let us know how you get on. Okay, final comment. I guess it's kind of a commenty question is from Christy. And Christy says, my biggest frustration is doing what I think I should be doing. There's so many templates and things to learn in creating a business. Newsletters, blogs, social media, live workshops, networking events, not to mention what to do with a client once they sign on. There's so many people that share what works for them, but you have to find what works for you, and that takes time. Amen. Yes. So, Christy, you're right. You know, everyone shares, oh, here's my system, and but that's what worked for them. So will it work? Yeah, it worked for them. Will it work for you? Well. It depends, right? It depends if like that's your personality, if that's kind of the type of business that you want to have, if that's the type of business development and growth that you want to have. When you're creating a business that's mainly about you, right, that's mainly you as a solopreneur creating this online business, there's so many ways to make it work. You can work with clients one-on-one. So you could have like an in-person one-on-one practice with people you meet online versus you could have something where you never talk to clients because you just sell books and products and courses. So there's a huge range of ways to set up your business and also ways to grow those businesses. And you really need to find what works for you. And it does take time. I used to find that, let's be honest, I still find that frustrating is that this whole idea of patience, you know, that I want things to be how I want them on my schedule. And it just just doesn't always work that way. But even though you don't have control over the actual outcomes that you're going to get, what you can control is how you're going to show up and what you're going to do and your professionalism and your consistency. That is what you can control. And I found that that delivers huge results. So Christy, rather than just learning more and more and more and trying to learn all these different strategies and scripts and processes, Rather than that, it's more effective to get really clear on your target market and who it is that you want to help. Again, we talked about that in episode 171, Target Market Myths. Get really clear on who it is that you want to help. What's the transformation that you can help these people with? And then out of everything you learned, what's the one or two strategies that really feel like they're going to help you serve those people? They really feel aligned with you. You're excited about trying them. And just double down, focus on those couple strategies. I always like to say when I'm talking about target market is to give yourself like six months and you commit for six months, you're going to go after this target market. So if you're going to try a strategy, don't just try it once and throw it out, right? What works the first time? Like not very many things. So you need to have a sense of, does this feel like this could be a good strategy for me and give it a concrete time limit, write it on your calendar. For six months, I'm going to try webinars. For six months, I'm going to try doing speaking events, like and get some talks in a local area. For six months, I'm going to do a Facebook group and Facebook lives. For six months, I'm going to send an email newsletter every single week. Whatever it is, commit to it, write it down. And then there's where the professionalism comes in that you just have to show up and do it. And at the six end of those six months, you'll know, does that strategy work? But also, do you like it? And you will have learned so much about your audience, about your business, about yourself during that process. So focus and consistency are really important. Learning all the different strategies and trying to stay up on every single latest online marketing thing is not a great use of your time, to be honest. I love doing that stuff, but I have to, again, put on the blinders just like I do with competition and really try to stay in my lane in the stuff that I know that I'm working on and how I can serve my people. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this week's Q&A. This was so fun, and it's been really great to talk about some of these topics that come up over and over and over again, and hopefully give you some more podcasts to listen to as well. So as always, we'll link everything up in the show notes, which are available at com. And I'm sure you have lots to talk about after this week's episode, so you can come hang out with us in the Wellpreneur community group on Facebook. I'm happy to answer other questions over there if this has sparked some questions for you. Do you disagree with my advice? You can tell me that too. Come over to the Wealth Community Group on Facebook and we'll talk about it. have a lovely, fantastic week. Make sure you get outside and play in the nice weather. And also, if you feel like playing with something in your business, it's okay if you do that once in a while. It doesn't have to all be strategic, right? You're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to have fun in business. Imagine that work that could also be fun and play. It's like the best combination, right? Okay, well, have a fantastic week, guys, and I will see you in the next episode.